Aloha, beautiful women. Rise, priestess, rise, and welcome. Welcome to the Temple Podcast. I'm Kasha. I'm here to facilitate the conversations that we're all bursting to share. And I'm here to hold that space for everybody who's going through this big awakening as a woman in this world. This is the place where priestesses come to priestess and the sisterhood is absolute. I welcome all conversations of magic, divinity, sacred feminine, goddess work, priestess work, just embodiment of motherhood, maidenhood, cronehood. This is that place where we go to the temple and we sit together and we speak, we hold, we cry, we release, we laugh. attunement is for you. Thank you for joining us. Let's begin. everyone, beautiful women and priestesses, welcome to another episode of the Temple Podcast. Here I am today with Jessica Short of Willow Ray Healing. Hi, Jess. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm doing very well. How are you? So great. So grateful to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, Jess is a longtime friend. We've sat in circle together. We have done healing together through circle. And um, I've just always really felt connected to her and her way of moving as a shaman and energy work. And I'm super, super excited to share her medicine with you today. So I'm going to start with a bio and then we will begin. So Jessica Short, founder of Willow Ray Healing, is a shamanic guide and energy practitioner who works with people one-on-one and in group events to guide people back to their true essence in their heart and embodied empowerment free from programming, conditioning, and trauma. Jess has inherited psychic gifts and ways of communication with spirit from her matrilineage and is highly intuitive. She works with individuals on an energetic level, somatic level, emotional level, and cognitive level, shifting the paradigm around pain and suffering into understanding the allyship of emotions and experiences and the language of spirit for your own empowerment. Mm, 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 Just a beautiful medicine. So thank you for joining us here today. Um, One thing that really pops out for me is your inheritance of psychic gifts. I was hoping if maybe you could start with your journey on how you connected to your psychic abilities and how that comes from your matrilineage. It's it's a beautiful thing. And I think a lot of women can really connect with that. I so agree. Yeah, I do think a lot of women can connect with that. For me, it started when I was quite young. My bedroom was in the basement and I was terrified being down there um and I remember very clearly I couldn't sleep without the tv on in my room because I needed some form of distraction I would run from my bedroom to the bathroom because I could feel energy behind me and Mm -hmm. I quickly closed the door and I you know always look over my shoulder I could really feel the spirits that were down there and at the time 
I wasn't really aware of what that was. I didn't know if I was making it up or if it was just fear. And so I never communicated it to my mom or anyone. It was just like, I'm just afraid. And so I just kind of, I guess, tried to get through it on my own. Um, and moving a bit older in high school, maybe yeah, around that time frame. A lot of people were, and I think this is common for most healers as well. We attract people that feel really comfortable to come to us and share with us what they're experiencing. Uh-huh. And I would just share things to people that I never heard before. I was channeling messages, but at the time I, again, wasn't aware of what was happening. Um, I honestly thought everybody lived like that. I just, it never occurred to me as different or it just felt like a way of being, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and it wasn't until one day I had a friend say, um, no, Jess, the fact that you have so many people that feel called to share with you and feel very inspired by how you guide them is really, really unique to you. Like, this is a gift. And so again, fast forwarding now quite a few years. Well, after hearing that, I realized, okay, maybe this is something innate in me that I'm meant to be working with. And... So I started exploring a little bit in the realm of coaching and working with different coaches and healers. And I was at this full moon circle and uh, this medical intuitive was there and started asking me if I knew how to connect to energy and crystals and invited me to come to her place. And so she wanted to work with me and became my mentor. And through our time of exploring energy, is when she started fully bringing into my awareness what was happening. Just like, no, these are, this is psychic gifts. This is what this means. You're channeling, you're clairvoyant, you're claircognizant, just like sentient, all of these abilities to connect, um, which really let me stand in it so much more Mm -hmm. to recognize, okay, there's something here. This isn't, this isn't just, I mean, it is the way of being, but there's more to it than just being in it. There's something to offer here. And so as I started exploring this realm with other people and stepping into it more and more is when my mom started sharing with me how she has this experience as well. And I've always known that growing up, my mom's always been very open and transparent about spirits and connecting to you know, our family members on the other side. And like, my mom's always been that woman. Uh-huh. However, once I fully embodying it is when we really started connecting on it so much deeper. And then I started doing live readings and my aunt would show up and tell me how much I remind her of my grandmother, whom I've never met before, um, not in the physical form, at least. And I cried the second she said it to me. And my mom tells me this all the time, too. That I remind her so much of her mom and the way that I speak and the words that I'm saying. And it's very clear that there's something moving through me from my natural lineage. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much like the timeline of that experience. That's beautiful. Way to tap into that too. I really loved how you said I haven't met her in the physical form um, mm-hmm. because I can really relate to that, you know, having different ancestors connect on different timelines and different wavelengths and just because I haven't met them in person it just feels so loving and like you're held in a different um, capacity 
right? Especially when it's not physical. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So I feel her I, all the time. I remember you put out a beautiful video of drumming. Uh, the, was it the grandmother's song? Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that up. Um, because that is a song that. I wrote or it channeled through me within minutes and it, I felt really inspired to sit and like catch the song because I had an experience of connecting to my natural lineage, my grandmother and her grandmother's um, through song and dance. She's from Cuba and I was in the kitchen and I was like, I want to, I want to listen to some Cuban music. And so I put on this song and I just wept, something cracked open I was, it's like I was looking up to the sky and all I saw was bright white light and I'm weeping from this place of, there's no emotion. It's just, you know, the feeling, right? When you're just cracked open in the heart so deeply. And then I saw her and there's a circle of her and all of her mother's 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 mother and they welcomed me in and I danced with them and it was just so powerful. It moves me now to share my story. And that's when I wrote that song. The grandmother waltz oh, it's a beautiful song maybe we'll have to put uh, a link in the show notes or maybe we can post oh, it love that it's beautiful it's beautiful when i listened to it and i saw you you uh dancing it it brought me to a place of of peace in my heart and peace with my my matrilineage as well so it's it's not just healing your lines it's it's healing all of ours so thank you for wow. sharing that <laughs> Wow. Never, I never considered that. That means a lot to hear. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being vulnerable. I know some people can feel like, you know, the dancing online or sharing your body or um, just, you know, the sensual embodiment of being a, a woman, being in your divine feminine can bring up all sorts of things for people. And maybe it's seen as vain for some, or I don't know, whatever people think of it at the end of the day, that's moving your hips that's that's the greatest (laughs) way to connect um I was wondering if we pardon me oh I just yeah I I so know what you're saying yeah I agree (laughs) (laughs) oh hips hips are good um I was hoping we could talk a little bit too about um generational trauma because I think as more women are awakening especially in this time there's a massive awakening of women as we all know and it feels like you know for the centuries of being persecuted or having our voices toned down or cut off or having our our sensuality um persecuted there's generational trauma and whether that's through war or just being a woman or the witch wound sister wounds um I'm wondering if you work with those kinds of things with your clients and, and how being seen and having that deep connection is really our life purpose and how, how women come out of this trauma. Maybe, maybe just speaking a little bit to how we can all move through it. Yeah. Oh yeah. This, this is work. I, I love doing this work with clients. Um, I, I find it comes through quite a bit actually, um, especially at the beginning. I find most times we, are guided to start working in the inner child and then it goes right into ancestral. Um, so how, how do I work with that? Personally, my experience with the way it works through me with clients is I am shown the map. And so I will get shown a specific trauma that we're working on. 
and the chain reaction. So let's say it comes from the mother's side and then it'll directly show me, okay, it's the mom's mom that's carrying that down and then her mother and her mother and her mother. And it may take me down, I think the longest I've gone um, when it's intentionally one by one, maybe 10, 10 generations. Um, wow. and we, yeah, and we go through it and give space for the moment that trauma had sparked to heal, give that person what they need. Um, because we know it's, it's beyond time and space. Uh -huh. And by being able to very clearly be shown who's affected, how they're affected, what they needed at that time and giving them what they needed so they can transmute it. And that alchemizes and just kind of comes down the line and to the, the client. So that's one way, uh, which is so beautiful and so powerful. Hmm. <laughs> I really love it a lot. And when you mentioned the witch wound, that's definitely something that comes through a lot too, that I'm really passionate about. Um, specifically because I know how it feels to reclaim my witch and many different past life experiences of being witch. And it has done wonders for me. And so, yeah, they're past life regressions or mm -hmm. retrievals. And so we go into the story again, I get shown like what their witch was embodying and what their archetype was and what their wound is and what karmic patterns are carrying into this life from that and giving giving the space for that past life version of themselves to be because they weren't allowed to be and it's just so beautiful to give them that opportunity because the space is so available now uh -huh, uh -huh. and yeah there's something really beautiful about that yeah, there's definitely more space to to claim that these days, isn't there? You know, without fear yeah. of persecution. Like, it's just everybody's a witch. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, mm, have we dived, have we, have we swam deeply enough with, with that um, experience? Or are we just claiming something that may not be true? At the same time, I think most women may have been persecuted for just even the knowledge of herbs, right? or the knowledge exactly. of, of alchemy or, or the ability to um, sing and use healing hands. And yeah, yeah so. I still agree. And I feel like when we get really clear on, like you said, was she persecuted for working with herbs and you get really clear on that part of your lineage, um, there's such a clearing and healing of that judgment of that shame that gets the chance to alchemize because now bringing clarity to what the shame is that is present that's causing the hiding of self and the full expression of self I feel like it really helps alchemize that to show authentically and show up and be seen like you said because I do believe that too that it is our purpose to be seen uh -huh. Uh -huh. so what areas are afraid to be seen okay. and we give them love yeah dust them off maybe they've been hiding for a while they just you know need to come out <laughs> oh totally and they're so ready to come out oh my they're so ready <laughs> so how would you support someone who for example has something so deep that maybe it comes up in a session and they don't like it's hidden so deeply that they don't even see it that they don't even feel it have you ever worked with someone who um, 
has had something so deep and then help them really embody it? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'm seeing two certain examples right now. Um, one of them, I think it goes as simple as what I'm being shown is what they're ready to see. And mm -hmm. while I'm communicating that and they still can't fully embody it, it's part of like planting the seed. Because mm -hmm. I find that in that moment, it may not resonate, but then they'll come back a week or a month later and say, I see now what you were saying. And so it kind of gives it the space to start coming up. Mm -hmm. In other areas, um, if it comes up and I notice somatically, it triggers them. You know, I had one client who was um, the reaction in the body, they wanted to just stop completely. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to leave and it was very mm -hmm. clear that they weren't ready because it's so deep. Mm -hmm. um, when it happens in a triggered response like that, I feel it just offers um, bringing them back, bringing them back to the present moment, holding them with love and patience. We don't need to get anywhere really, uh -huh. right? We just need the, the comfort and just to know that we're okay. So when there's that triggered response, honestly, it's just giving it the time it needs. Uh -huh. What I like mm -hmm. to say is where there's a deep reaction, there's a place for action. So whether the action is taken now or later, it's just where there's a deep reaction, there is space for, for growth and something needs to be done there eventually, mm. whether it's now or later or in 20 years, eventually there's some sort of action that will take place, whether it's an alchemy or a transmutation or maybe an, an external experience, right? That uh, helps move that, move it closer oh, to that truth. Mm. Thank you that for sharing those examples. You're welcome. <laughs> so what do you think true embodiment means? Mm. What do you think? You know, you wrote something in our, in our exchange here that people may misinterpret embodiment to, to be doing things. Um, so what, what is true embodiment as a person who really works with that kind of energy? Yeah, I, I've noticed that when we hear the word embodiment, we think, okay, get into the body. And so we think, then I'll move my body to get into the body, which is effective. I, I do get that that works um, sometimes. However, I think if we're not clear on truly what embodiment means, we may not actually get into the body as much as what we're being called to. And so what I'm perceiving embodiment to be is getting clear on what parts of us are dissociating, disconnecting, um, responding in a way that's pulling us out of the present moment. Maybe it's fear, anxiety, um, just being in the mental energy of any kind of layer uh -huh. of protection. And that's where I think that the work of self-awareness is so key because let's say we're having an experience and I feel anxious, which is something that I've come up against most of my life, especially socially. Um, one of my biggest healings for social anxiety is naming it and getting really clear. Oh, I'm, I'm really anxious right now. Okay, what am I protecting? And then because of all the work I've done and getting really clear on what areas I'm afraid to show and what areas I'm protecting, has allowed me to love those parts more. And by loving those parts more, 
I'm being so present with myself and all the different beings that live in me and all the different experiences I'm having, which allows me to be in the body rather than the reaction of anxiety, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Uh-huh. It does. So I really love how you said that you, you just love, you, you look at what you're protecting and then you love it. You just love it no matter mm-hmm. what shows up. Yeah. I think those parts just need love all the time, right? We know this, love is so powerful. And the judgment of those parts of us pulls us out of what is happening in that moment. Therefore, we're not embodied. So what about- At least that's how I'm perceiving it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very clear perception. I think it's a very clear Mm -hmm. perception. Love is very healing. Um, One thing that comes up for me is is rage. There are a lot of women experiencing rage, whether it's ancestral or maternal or just, you know, physically in this moment. Um, Have you worked with clients who've had rage and how do you find is a really good way to move that rage somatically or energetically or physically? Such a good question. I actually had someone ask me this yesterday as well. Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally a friend of mine called me because he was in his rage and was like, how do you move this? I need to know what to do with it. Cause you know, rage is so not accepted in our society. We, we, we deem it as so wrong. Um, so I have, yes, for sure, come across rage with clients. I find it's difficult for people to access it. Um, I love using the drum personally to help move rage. Um, so there's, there's two things I'm seeing that I want to share about that because when I'm working specifically with someone and I know that they're having a hard time moving it and I'm drumming, I often end up moving it for them Mm -hmm. through my body by yelling or screaming because uh-huh. a lot of people are scared to do that um however i have also facilitated um a couple times a form of anger ritual but it has to be in the forest i am uh-huh. such a true believer that we can't have the four walls around us when we're looking to move big anger it's too limiting uh-huh. and support of the earth i think really makes us feel safe to unravel because it is an unraveling, I think. And that's yeah. what's scary about it. Um, so if we're looking at consciously moving the anger, it feels like breathing, breathing, breathing. Get into the body. Allow yourself to be with it. And then notice what limitations we come up against as it's coming up. And just allowing self to continue to be with it. And it feels like it builds it up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then oftentimes we want to scream. Uh it's just like let it out um and it's kind of scary you know the first threshold of screaming it comes out really Uh (laughs) half-ass like baby Simba and it's first roar and it's like (laughs) 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 oh your smile is so beautiful I wish all of you could see her smile (laughs) oh man Yeah, baby Simba roar, and then once you unravel it, yeah, it's not so cute. And I think that's why it's almost like not it's yeah, it is unaccepted. I would feel like, especially women, to show rage, it's Mm. unacceptable. 
for a woman mm-hmm. to get angry because it makes people very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And would you say that there's a difference between divine? I kind of know the answer, but I want to hear your perspective on divine masculine rage and divine feminine rage. Ooh, I love this. Um, only because I have not thought about it. I love this so much. <laughs> Let me think here. Sure. Okay, well, when I tune into it right away, I, I'm just being, I'm kind of seeing embodiment. Um, masculine rage do, does feel like big and expressive. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing them like taking up space with their body and their voice. Whereas the feminine rage, it feels like piercing, more narrow, emotional. There's, um, emotional is such a broad term but it feels like there's like tears involved in it and something around boundaries keeps coming up mm-hmm. definitely boundaries. I'm so curious I'm so curious what you think well for me I feel like uh, personally I'm going through rage so as a new mom with my second child and I didn't experience this before um so this is a topic that I'm really into right now is my rage and expressing my rage and my husband has rage and it's just like why are we so rageful let's look at this you know um whether it's because we finally have the space to because we're away from the community we've always known so we're in a new community we're in a home it's our first like real home together we can settle we can put roots in and really show our true colors and really bring up to the surface what requires attention so what I've noticed with divine masculine rage is it is very loud it is very um abrupt like very like sharp swift um piercing and then I see with myself uh the divine feminine rage is almost like subdued but um very expansive so not just um not just the, the crying, but also um, my needs aren't being met and getting angry or um, like, like you said, boundaries, right? Um, and also just needing the space to be seen as angry and rageful, you know, just having like the, it feels like for women, they're almost, there is a need to be seen. And then for men, it's like, I need to be heard. So it's like, you know, when I get really rageful, I, it's actually today, I was like, I feel like my needs are not being met. I've asked you for what I need and um, it's not being met. And then the response was, I just feel like I'm being told what to do and I don't have the space to, um, to, to, to say that because there are little ears. And so I'm trying to navigate the masculine rage but then also feeling like my rage can't come out. So it is, it is emotional for, for me personally. Um, so I think the difference is, is just that one is very, very swift and the other one is very um, subdued. And then it kind of builds up, right? It builds up to, to need an, an explosion, which I think is very common for women because we, we purge monthly, right? With our cycles or um, yeah, with our cycles specifically, we, we purge. So it's, we need that space to be able to just fucking scream or to just really be angry. And what the image that comes to me is the goddess Kali. So often I see her 
Yeah. And I tried to share that with my husband saying, I can be all cute, but I can also be fucking scary. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I would lead my children through the fire if that was their destiny, you know, because I love them so much that I will help them fulfill their mission, even if that means them, you know, having to walk through the fire. So that's how I, how I've seen it. I love how you bring in um, the Kali energy because when you're talking earlier about how a lot of women are coming up against rage right now, it's like the rise of the dark feminine energy, which has me very curious as well on how to navigate that and boundaries and needs, uh-huh. I think is huge, right? There's such a, again, going back to our lineage healing do we let ourselves have needs? What parts of us are, are we healing so that we can get to our needs? Now it's time to start expressing them. And it comes out firm and it comes out strong. And we, the beauty of Kali is that she's not afraid to destroy because she recognizes the beauty in it. Uh-huh. Um, however, I always dance. Like I'm still really trying to understand anger because I've suppressed my anger for so long, even still to this day. Um, uh-huh. But there's something around, like you said, being seen in it and not attaching, uh-huh. letting ourselves feel it, have the need, have the boundary, get on, get clear on what's beneath the anger. And then there's sort of a sense of um, returning back to love. It feels like a child, right? They have oh. their fit and then they're back again. That's kind of it, especially because it's been generations of women being persecuted or, you know, having their sensuality taken, whether it's like rape or getting hung or just so many horrible things to, to cut off our, our voices or our eyes or our ears or the mouth of God, right? Like there's so many things that have been um, on a chokehold. And so it's almost showing up in an immature way when it first comes, it's like a babe, it's like the angry babe. And then we can move into the maiden anger and then we can move into the mother anger. Um, because since becoming a mother, my rage is different wholeheartedly. My brain has changed. My body has changed. And the rage I feel is not going to go away. And so it's like learning. Like, I feel like as a maiden, I was able to just get rid of my rage and it was done. But it's, I don't know if it's because my heart is outside of my body now within my children. And there's like the continuation of rage. It's not going away. I don't get to just... It doesn't disappear. It's like, I have to learn how to dance with that fire um, and really respect the fire and, and have the fire respected, you know? It's like, there is a maturity that comes with this rage, this rage. And I think a lot of people, a lot of women are really feeling that right now. Yeah. Oh, I really love the way you're wording that. It's like, it's not expressed to clear. It's how do we work with it? How is it our ally? Mm-hmm. I think the the temperature of the world has also changed, which is why there's a mass awakening of women. And we as creatrixes, we hold that space and we birth new things. And I think there needs to be more rage because if women, if we're all subdued, how do we create the change? You know, so- I feel about it. It's like a driving force for passion and need again. We're coming back to the need. Yes, it is a need. I'm getting goosebumps. Like it is a total need. It's not a want. 
you know, and at first I was very uncomfortable with my rage because anger can be very uncomfortable, you know, which is why we suppress it and we push it down. I feel anyways, because it's uncomfortable. Um, at the end of the day though, I would rather feel the discomfort and move to a place of, I see like a conjoined twin <laughs> where it's like, it's with me. It's walking with me all the time. And I can access it with a, when I want, but I can also say, Hey, we're going to do this later. Right. It's like inner child work. Like when your inner child comes up to protect you, right. Comes out to protect you and help you. And you can just be like, Hey, this is an adult's job right now. I'm really happy you're here with me. Maybe you can go play for a bit. I'm going to work through this and I'll see you later. Right. So it's like, what's the conversation that we can have with rage? 100 percent and it feels like now we love we love rage you can walk with me what do you need anytime comes up what do you need okay is there something yeah is there something un sorry i cut you off Hmm. are you saying is there something missing or un oh so is there something unmet here unmet that's sparking the rage well, I'm almost seeing now the rage is our gatekeeper that comes up and is like, hey, pay attention. Something is not in your highest alignment right now. And instead we judge it and we're like, oh, I'm just so mad. Or we get attached to the feeling of it. What does it look like to be in it and see where it's guiding us? Mm, I love that. And you know, liver has to do with anger. And right. liver is a big, big organ. And in Chinese medicine, I believe they say it's, they, that's more important than the heart, the liver and the function. So I wonder if, I wonder if that, that is a really beautiful coming to, I love the way you put that, that that is almost a guide for us. Right. Cause in some Mm -hmm. cultures it is, it is seen as the guide. And then I'm reading your notes. This is intuition, letting the heart lead the feminine superpower. And it is, (laughs) it is. The heart is such a superpower. And that's the whole thing about the temple is connecting your womb to your heart. And so maybe now we need to connect the liver. I don't know. (laughs) Just talking this out with you. (laughs) Imagine, because we would eat the liver, right? Like the liver was like the alpha nutrition whenever there was a kill, right? Like whoever got, the liver was like the the alpha or the chief or whomever yeah an indigenous or even when you look at um wolves when they eat there's a there's a pack order and so the bottom wolf doesn't get to eat until everybody else has had their fill and the bottom wolf his job is to be the alarm so they're the loudest wolf they're the one that lets everybody know they're the ones that's always watchful so they never really get to sleep whereas the alpha is very much always able to sleep gets the best meals doesn't really worry about things until it has to like show up because everybody else has you know gone up the chain to say hey like shit's going down so (laughs) um yeah I think Mm heart-led heart-led living is so important so important Mm -hmm. so agree (laughs) yes Yeah. yeah um before we have to go, I was hoping you could maybe talk about um, the realm that you steward over. So mm-hmm. you wrote here, the return home to self. I was hoping if you could just share why that is your place of stewardship 
why you feel so strongly about this place that you hold so deeply and beautifully and safely for your clients and, and people in your life. It uh, really brings me back to what we were just talking about, letting the heart lead. And how do we know what our heart needs if there's so many layers um, surrounding the heart? And that feels like, to me, the place where we find our truest essence is if we allow ourselves to come back to our innocence, innocence in the form of our purest being. Um, that to me feels so important because I am such a strong believer that we're all, um, you know, the water droplet of the ocean and each of our unique design is here to be expressed. And when it comes from the truest place of our essence, separate from conditioning, then we are in our full purpose and our full, but not even purpose, just um, place here as human in this short time. And um, I think it really allows us to, to connect in ways that a lot of us are really deeply craving. Mm -hmm. So many people are craving community connection and to feel seen and to feel belonging and feel a part of something when we forget that it, it's, it's all within us. And I don't mean it's within us that we have to go and access it alone. I mean, we have the capacity to let ourselves be open to receive it. Um, community is literally everywhere. We walk down the street, how many people do you see? There's no need to feel that we don't have that. I think it is our own protection and all these other layers, right? Uh -huh. So that's one reason I, I feel so called to that. Um, and I do feel like that's my way of understanding it because it does feel like a born call. I just see it through the way I'm communicating. I'm often saying, lead with the heart, lead with the heart, lead with love. Even when I was a young, young, young child, like grade four or something. Um, do you know the song Return to Innocence by Enigma? Yeah. yeah the song was on the radio song. then, right? And it would go every time it was on the radio I would run to the basement crank it and just lay there and I would just lay there and it was every time it came on and there's just there's something innate in that connection it's just always felt really clear to me and I think that's that's the medicine that I'm here to offer in just my expression of spirit and when I try to make meaning of it or understand it fully, it feels like that. It feels like the connection that we're all looking for and the ability to be loved and be loved. Uh -huh. Oh, and I also do want to share, when we return home to self, we arrive in the sense of our authentic way of being. And from there, we allow ourselves to be guided by, I think, our true essence, spirit, um, whatever it is that you wish to call it. And that offers so much ease <laughs> in life. Yeah. Um, we become part of the dance, set up the control of these structures at play that make us feel um, not worthy when we are so abundant. 
it's just so amazing good. actually uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's never ending the abundance yeah. it's absolutely accessible and when you feel like you have enough there's actually always more <laughs> there's always yeah. more so much more yeah um, this has been such a lovely conversation thank you yeah. so much for your time so thank much. you as well oh my pleasure my pleasure we all need to um have the time to to share with one another i think this is that uh, the beginning of some really big things happening and and I know mm-hmm. that this is an activation so thank you for sharing and being in that space and frequency with our listeners mm-hmm. today um how can our beautiful priestesses find you mm-hmm. and, and all the other wonderful goddesses in the world how can we connect with you Jess amazing on Instagram willow ray healing uh that's r-a-y um my website willowrayhealing.com and that's probably the best I'd say oh I do have a YouTube channel as well and I post shamanic um, journeys on there beautiful channeled in the moment they're really really beautiful um willow ray healing as well just willow ray healing everywhere all right willow ray healing Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jess, for sharing your light and your heart and really walking with me through the temple. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you as well. It's such a gift to be in this temple. I feel um, so grateful and really, really, really lit up by this chat. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And to all of our beautiful listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us. I love you so much from my womb to yours. See you next time.
looked into the 